Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Rally Caps. Today we have a very exciting guest. His name is John Stouffer. He's native to the great western outskirts of Chicago. For a decade, John and his wife, Mora, have been on an absolute tear with lifestyle and interior photography. Working with clients as big as Chip and Joe from HGTV, Soho House, Campari, Grey Goose, Chase Bank, American Airlines, published in Magnolia Journal, Traditional Home, Modern Luxury, Architectural Digest, and House Beautiful, he was once put on a short list of favorite Instagram accounts to follow by none other than Peter freaking McKinnon. And the man was literally <laughs> on a feature by GQ. Is all of that correct, John? Mm. Uh, it, it, that came at me really fast, but I'm pretty sure it's all correct. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is we inflated a lot of those things for guests already. And literally all of that was true. <laughs> that's probably the only um, time that's going to be the case. Yeah. I feel like if you parcel all those those clients out, yes, you can call them clients, but I feel like Instagram stuff is a is a different level than like actually shooting for somebody. Sure. But yes, it sounds freaking badass. So let's <laughs> let's, roll with, let's roll with that list. I think we're just gonna go ahead and say that it is badass. So yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. If you're listening and and or watching and seeing John's beautiful face, just make sure you do yourself a favor and go over to John's Instagram account at John Stofer. Um, and just tell me he's not one of the coolest people on the planet after you do so. Dang, Eric, you're making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) So John, Eric and I know that you and your wife, Maura, have roots in wedding photography. So let's just start things off with a bit of a, a softball question. What was the pivot for you, the two of you from wedding photography to interiors and lifestyle? Yeah. I mean, when we launched our business uh 10 years ago weddings were kind of the thing we fell into i mean we were um at the age where a lot of friends were getting married a lot of friends or friends were getting married and um we realized quickly that um not only did we like shooting weddings but we were good at it and we could um make a good amount of money doing it compared to any other job that we could jump into right out of college. And so, um, and so, yeah, we really cut our teeth shooting. I mean, we were shooting 40 weddings a year for a couple of years straight, especially before we had kids. Um, and it was cool. I mean, weddings, you have to think quickly on your feet. Um, you have to really know your camera but you also have to be really good with people while you're doing your craft. So we were able to learn all those things in a relatively, I mean, weddings are high pressure, but it's not like somebody's paying you exorbitant amount of money to do that and to perform. It's, it's a wedding. So you're shooting, you know, thousands of photos Mm -hmm. and people are generally happy seeing their face unless you really, really screw it up. (laughs) So, um, so we were able to learn quickly and learn how to work together really well. And um, all, all along, um, actually, my, so my mom is an interior designer, an established interior designer. She's she's incredible. You should uh, check out her stuff. Jean Stouffer, Jean Stouffer Design. Unreal. Um, but yeah, she's way more talented than I am. <laughs> but um, she, um, she actually bought me my first camera in college. Well, in high school. And then 
and then a better one in college to shoot her work. Hmm. Um, she saw what it would take to, to hire a, an interior photographer back in the early 2000s or end of 2000, like 2010. And, um, and she was like, I would rather buy a, a nice camera and a lens for you. The, she bought me the original 5D and a 50 millimeter 1.2. And, um, which was completely, completely the incorrect focal length to be <laughs> shooting interiors at, but that's what she bought me. Um, and so she, I mean, I actually took that camera that she bought me, I would shoot her stuff and then I would take that and go shoot weddings with it. So, um, so I was always shooting interiors more, more and I together were always shooting interiors for my mom. And then, and then, and then we were going and shooting weddings as our main business. Um, and then as the years passed, um, you know, it slowly became, you know, it, it was always a lot of weddings, but then it became, you know, 20% interiors, 50% interiors. And now this year, because weddings aren't happening really, um, you know, we're like 90% interiors, 5% weddings, 5%, um, 5% commercial work, or, I mean, those aren't exact, but it's a lot of interiors, but interior and architectural stuff. I, I actually never knew that uh, story that your mom got you started. And that's really cool to see. I know you just last week when we were hanging out, you said that your mom was like a world class interior designer. And that's like so true from all the work that I see. And definitely, if you are listening, you, you do need to check out her Instagram and all the stuff that she does. Um, but it's it's really interesting to hear you say that um, when so many other creative people and creative entrepreneurs don't get that kind of support from their parents. When it's just like a, you need to go to college, you need to do the, these things, you need to get the degree, all that. It's just really cool to hear the stories of parents being like, no, I want to facilitate this this creativity within you. Um, and it's just cool to see that collaboration kind of happen from the get-go. Totally. My, my, my mom is... Um She's an interesting one because even though she's so established as an interior designer and she's like her, her look and her ability visually is, is remarkable. Uh, I think the reason that she's um, done as well as she, she has is because she's just a hard worker mm. and she does her homework and she's super pragmatic and she can, um, you know, she can crank out work. And she can learn from her mistakes. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people that maybe have um, a, a better like touch on um, color palettes and, and whatever else. But like she's gotten to where she is because of, you know, like learning and not not stopping learning and um, and pushing into her like her mistakes and getting better and then just working really hard and grinding you know yeah. i mean that's a buzzy word but she that's that's my mom for sure and that that's what i've learned from her so that's very cool to have a parent model that for you especially as you run your own business and honestly hearing that it gives me a lot of incentive and motivation to do the same for my kids if if they want to go that endeavor run their own business or you know, just give them those options and help them to kind of facilitate if, if that's the, the direction they want to go. Dude, yeah. Yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because when you're in the moment, those things are happening and you're just like, 
yeah, that sounds fun. That sounds cool. But to actually have a supportive parent that's that's pushing you and and really like collaborating with you in, in a way as as I mean, like big time push me to the, to the place that I am for sure. Totally. And I know Steven, like you had the chance to kind of get into music coming out of high school. How, how did, how was that with your parents? It was great. I, I feel like I had a very balanced reception from them because they were always encouraging me to do the artistic and creative things that I wanted to do, but they also wanted that stability of, yeah hey, also have a formal education kind of thing. Like when totally. it push right. came to shove, junior year comes around and me and my three best friends all say, we're going to be rock stars. We're going to be in a band. Like, this is going to be great. They sat us down. They're like, hey, you can do that if you all go to the same school, but you're <laughs> going to school. Like, that still has to be part of it. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a, a very reasonable approach in hindsight, especially for the direction we were kind of, you know, pitching ourselves in. But you know, if anything, I'm, I'm especially glad I went to college because that's where I found photography in the first place. Dude, how long was your hair when you were in rocking? <laughs> Cause we were talking before this show and you were mentioning your flow right now, but I, I would hope that it was even longer when you were really rocking out. Oh, it, so. it was, I will maybe even throw some photos up if you're watching the <laughs> YouTube edit of this. Cause there's a, there's definitely some, uh, some blackmail on Facebook from a, about a decade ago. So. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so good. Dude, that's awesome. Um, to bring, awesome. bring it back to John, um, kind of pivoting back into the conversation of you getting your start making the pivot into interiors. How, how did you handle kind of the change in business, especially last year in 2020? How did you handle um, going from one very specific genre with the majority of your money making in weddings and then to uh, more commercial and polished and, and high end? Like what did, first of all, I guess, what is, what is kind of the difference of those two worlds? And then what was it kind of like shifting monetarily? How did you feel in that process? Yeah. Well, it's a totally different, I mean, if, if we're talking money, it's a totally different way of earning because, mm. um, with weddings, I mean, Eric, you know, uh, Steven, you, you shoot weddings as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you book things really far out mm-hmm. year out and, and for more and I, we take 50% down like right at the time of signing the contract. So you kind of know, I mean, this year has been, or last year was kind of nutty. So you like what we thought we knew, we didn't know, but you, you, you can kind of forecast and be like, okay, I can at least, you know, pay my mortgage with the contracts that I have no, I know coming in for 2021. Um, and then everything on top of that interiors wise was kind of icing on the cake. So I kind of had that stability in my mind and knew where interiors and commercial work, sometimes they'll they'll come to you and say, "Hey, I want to shoot in two weeks. Um, can you make it work?" And I say, "Okay, let's do it." And then I send them an invoice when I deliver the photos, and mm. and it might take them another month to even pay me. So it's um, so it's definitely different in that way. Weddings are totally front ended and pl- and so planned, um, where interiors and commercial work, although it's planned, um, you know, it's usually not more than like six weeks planned out. So it's, it's, 
it's definitely a little more, I mean, if, if you're an anxious person, it might be a little bit scarier because you don't have those things locked in like you do with weddings. Um, but it's also can be really rewarding if you're, if you're nimble. Um, there's, um, I mean, you, you charge a certain amount for, for shooting and for the rights to use the images for, for, uh, that client that hired you. But then there's also, um, there, there's ways of making money after that where you can sell the rights to the images to different vendors mm -hmm. like the builder or the architect or even like the the people who manufactured the lights or anything like that. And um, and that's been kind of a cool shift for me to see like you can monetize the stuff that you've shot already wow. um, in different ways after the fact where weddings is in that case. I mean, obviously you can sell prints and whatnot, sure. but it's, it's a, just a different thing. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot more money. And I feel um, like I ramble and then I don't remember what the question was. No, you <laughs> answered all of it. That was great. No, I think, I think you selling to different vendors is, that is really cool to hear. We had a conversation earlier today before this recording, kind of talking about how in my personal business endeavors right now we're kind of just like you use the metaphor of like deer hunting it's like using the whole deer and partitioning off like a whole <laughs> like uh, right. taking every part um and i feel very similarly with you know going after youtube and just then kind of siphoning off into different things whether it be patreon or rally caps or the new finance channel and these different ways to monetize off of like a core idea and i see a lot of similarities in that I didn't even know that you did that, that you licensed to the other designers and companies. That's epic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been cool. I mean, it's been something that I never planned on it being such a huge revenue source, but, um, in reality, like, you know, if other people want to use your images or your video to advertise for themselves, I mean, they should be, they should be paying you to use those. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like, that's, that's just the way it's always been. And, and it, when you kind of, when you, when you really think about it, you're like, Oh yeah, of course that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when you're, when you're just starting out in a field, you're like, gosh, are they really going to pay me, you know, that much just to use photos I've already done? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I already did the hard work. Right. I'll have to send you as an invoice, <laughs> you know, and a download link. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, but in reality, you know, you know, you did the hard work and, and if they want to use it for themselves, that's, that makes sense. Well, after that pivot and with everything that you've been doing in the commercial and interior space, what was the first quote unquote big brand that reached out to you or that you contacted and what was that like, like booking that and, and shooting something of that scale? Well, I would, I would answer that with two, two parts, I guess. The, the first major brand that I worked for was probably Soho House. Mm. But I was shooting, so I was shooting the local house here in Chicago after it, after it opened. And I was shooting all of their social media content with a, with a friend of mine. And, um, and I learned a ton and I, and I gained a ton of experience and I, and I was able to build my, my personal brand up big time because of that. But what was crazy is I was shooting it all on my phone at the time. Um, <laughs> no way. Because, because when, when Instagram started, or I guess not, not just when it started, but like, you know, back four five years ago, um, they not, they used to not even let you upload 
photos into the app. You had to take them into the app, yeah. <laughs> in the app, and then you then they were you were able to bring uh, photos into the app, and then they allowed you to go beyond the square and do a four by five or mm-hmm. a different crop. But it's always changed. But people, uh, the way I read it, but pe- people back in the day, users back in the day, that if you uploaded a super crisp DSLR photo, they were like. Um, their, their BS meter like started ringing and they were like, Hey, this isn't the content that I came here for. I came here for Instagram photos, like phone photos. And so we were basically taking super crisp, cool, um, well-composed photos that I, that I even edited sometimes in Photoshop, but I took them on my phone. So they didn't feel like a, like a massive jump from, from the medium itself. I think if things have changed a lot since then, but I still think that, that the medium of Instagram has changed the way people think certain photos are beautiful. Hmm. Um, and they've changed the style that people like to see. Um, obviously there's tons of styles and a wide variety of, of different genres on Instagram. But I mean, my style changed a ton because you, you, I mean, there was no portrait mode on the iPhone 5 and I was shooting everything and everything was in focus. And so you had to get really creative about shooting a photo where you you couldn't just blow out the background and make it feel airy and, and ethereal and interesting that way. You had to get creative about the way you, you put things together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned a ton even just shooting, you know, like hunched over like standing on top of a chair shooting a a table setting um you know shifting macaroni and cheese around uh to make it look interesting so (laughs) i mean yeah um but sorry to but to fully answer your question i feel like the first time that i really had or more and i together really had a um like a, a, a big time commercial client was when we were shooting for Magnolia journal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we, and we, um, we got a call from a guy who actually followed me on Instagram and he said, Hey, do you, uh, shoot any editorial commercial stuff? And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. No, man. And he was like, all right, well, when you talk to Meredith publishing, you're going to tell him you do, <laughs> and you're going to come down to Waco <laughs> and you're going to, and you're going to shoot this for me and, and you're going to crush it. And, um, and so we flew down to Waco and we literally were like pushed into a, like a full on shoot with Chip and Joanna Gaines, um, (laughs) like doing pottery together. And I was like, I I was freaking out (laughs) but it's um, because I had, I was totally out of my league. Um, but we made it happen. And actually one of the first shots we took was the cover of the journal that, that fall. Insane. Um, and we were, we were super proud of, of what we were able to do with them. And we ended up going back and shooting three or four times, but it really is like, I mean, it really goes back to that, that like shooting weddings. I mean, we were put in high pressure situations when we were like, you know, 18 years old and we were like, or how old were we? We were probably like 20, 21 years old, mm-hmm. not even out of college. And we were like, there in this, in this dark um, church and their first kiss was about to happen. And I literally had a, a 5d Mark one that went up to 1600 ISO, which literally is like nothing. I, I literally couldn't see anything and I'm, I'm having to make a first kiss picture look good. And, and like the pressure is on. 
Um, and you really have to, you know, be able to interface with client and execute and, and make a, an interesting image while those things are happening. And, and there's really no other, there's really no other like part of photography that like you learn by fire like that. Sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, knowing you personally, this is similar to what we talked about with Jack in a previous episode. You just exude this like aura of confidence. Uh, Could you speak to that? Just what is that role? Do you feel like you, you kind of turn that on? Do you feel naturally confident? Like what is kind of your, your brain saying in those moments? Dude, I think it's total naivety, honestly. Hmm. Um, I, I don't realize I am in over my head until I'm in over my head. Hmm. Like I, I don't, I don't waste time worrying about what is potentially going to go wrong. Um, and I do, I do my best to mitigate those things potentially happening, but I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys ever studied the Enneagram or anything like Hmm. that. Um, but I am, I'm an Enneagram seven and, um, and the bottom line about Enneagram sevens is they, they, they're so excited about the thing that they're doing that, that probably that, that confidence probably pours over just because they're excited about it. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe it's like a a misplaced confidence, but I don't, I don't go in being like, man, I'm going to, knock this out of the park <laughs> it's more just it's more just like i'm excited to be there and doing that thing but but it's funny i i mistyped myself for a long time on the enneagram we don't have to go too far in that <laughs> but uh mora is an enneagram three who which is Same. um a performer she you know she she studies she takes things across the finish line she makes sure things are done and done well and um and she loves a job well done and I love all those things too, but I'm more like, I love the thrill of the hunt, drumming up business, doing new things, um, you know, signing on new clients, like new things, exciting things, the, the new crazy microphone that I spent too much money on that I'm <laughs> hopefully going to use. Eric told me was Sorry cool about it. <laughs> and it sounds cool. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm, I'm excited about the, the gear and the, the next cool project and whatever else. But I mistyped myself so for so long as an Enneagram three and achiever mm-hmm. because Mora was the one who was helping me take everything across the finish line and do things well, not just start things and not end them. So, um, so I feel like we make a really good team in that way. And I'm help, I'm so thankful for her. And so, so maybe to go back to, I think a lot of my confidence comes from also being on a team with her. Mm. It's really, that's, that's big time. Totally, man. Man, that's so good. I think so many people are going to hear your credentials, probably already follow you on Instagram because who doesn't, um, and hear that about you and feel a lot of um, reassurance that we just all feel it, like going into situations where we're uncomfortable and feeling like we're not enough to accomplish a job or a task because we haven't done it before. But some of that trial by fire is the best way to grow uh, as an entrepreneur, as a creative, as an artist, whatever, and whoever is listening, um, whatever perspective you have. Um, 
it's so true of, of my life. I know Stevens as well and plenty of people we talk to um, that we're all sort of just in that same boat of having those moments of just feeling horrified and not confident, um, but seeing it through to the end and pushing yourself, even if you do feel that way and coming out the other side and just being like, now, now, you, you know, when you went to Magnolia, you, you, that was horrifying, but you shot it and you said you went back and you did, you, you did what they thought you could do because they knew who they were choosing. They knew your work. Um, but yeah, there's something about like actually executing and making it happen. Oh, totally, man. Yeah. Totally. I mean, the, it, you, you read all the clients that I've worked for in the past and I still feel like I, I step into every shoot and I'm like, well, here we go. Faking it until I make it. <laughs> like I I have not I I don't feel like I've made it to anywhere. I'm just always trying to learn and and do better. And and if you have too much confidence, I feel like you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because mm-hmm. you're you, you're going to sh- you're going to show up and you're going to realize that your confidence misplaced because every job is different. Every client is different and um and as soon as you think you know what you're doing, you're gonna be, you're gonna be knocked on your butt. Something else I've noticed about your character, John, with working side by side with you, because we have done a handful of commercial shoots together, you on photo and me on video, is that I did mention earlier that you have this air of confidence, but you also have this air of balance of humility, and the two combined, I feel like is the is the craziest one to knock out. When, when you're coming in and helping a client out and coming alongside them. Because I've learned so much from you being on set because the way you talk to client is, is very humble and hearing them out and hearing what they want and their desires, but also um, having this confidence of saying, you know, this is, this is what I think would be best and actually pivoting them towards what is actually better based on whatever it is on set. Um, and I, like, I've learned so much from that in, in the client relationship as well. And, and it's just so impressive to see that because they just, Oh, is that, is it the timer? Yeah, man. What a time. To- <laughs> oh, we got to restart. We got to restart our record. Dude, you were just saying oh, the I was, most I was beautiful, right eloquent. <laughs> I was, I kept looking at my camera. I'm like, land the plane. No, land the no. Plane. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Can you get back to that place? Shoot. No, I'll be able to <laughs> jump back in. It, it has been really cool and um, really helpful for me to see you interact with the client because I've only dabbled in, in commercial work and kind of, you know, making myself uncomfortable in that space the past few years. And I'm always looking for ways to relate to client because I feel like I always struggle with having some sense of authority on set and saying, no, I am Mm. the professional here. I do have some insight to tell you and not just always succumb to whatever they want, but having a collaborative effort that is respectful and humble. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy dance, you know, because it depends on the client. Some clients really want to hear everything you're saying. And sometimes you need to be like, Hey, let's actually make sure we're getting everything that you need and want here. Because Mm -hmm. like, if it were me, I would just make something as beautiful as possible. But we need to make sure that it's, it's satisfying your brand and your uses. Um, but yeah, this, and then, and then on, on other shoots, um, you can get totally steamrolled by the client and they can be telling you exactly what they want. But in reality, they're not a photographer. They're not a, mm-hmm. they're not a videographer. And so 
what they think they want isn't going to work for them. So yeah, so it's a, so you have to push back and be like, is this the best use of our time right now? Or let's, let's really, let's really push into, you know, X, Y, and Z. I, I hear you on this, but, um, let's, let's really be pushing forward. It's like, it's like an encouragement and like a, and an understanding at the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, that's definitely a learned thing too, because, um, because when I was young and I would get into these shoots and I'd be like, I'm going to make your brand look so freaking cool. I don't know what your brand is. I don't even know where you're going to use these images, but they're going to be cool, man. You know, and you really, you really have to play towards where these things, where these, these pieces of content, these videos, these photos are going to land. And if they don't fit or if they don't fit where they're supposed to go, then you failed, even if they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a difference. That's a totally different thing than weddings. I mean, with weddings, you just make things as beautiful as possible and you and you tell the story and you take a decent family portrait and you're good to go. Um, mm-hmm. But but for for some of these clients, like I need to make sure I'm shooting a landscape that that fits in a, in a certain aspect ratio that's going to go on their website in an email banner. Mm-hmm. And if I crop it too tight and it doesn't fit, then it just doesn't work. And the money they've paid me, it doesn't matter if it's a beautiful image. It, it just doesn't work. So I love the idea of selflessness in that is that you come with the approach of not your own ego and saying, this is what I'm going to make for you, but come alongside them and say, what can, what skills can I have and bring to the table to help us achieve the goal of what you need? And that's always a winning thing in business to me. Like it, you know, you all, I think a lot of people always assume that the, the, the best people at the top of any industry are always these these people that have so much confidence and they walk into a room and everyone's just like, okay, whatever you want, we'll do whatever you want. And while that might be true in some circumstances, I think it's so much more valuable to collaborate uh, with a client um, or with a customer and just have a mutual transaction that's beneficial for both mm-hmm. parties. Totally. And I mean, if you have ego involved, I mean... Maybe as, as a as a fine artist, or if if you're if you're selling pieces of art or whatever else, then like maybe a big ego and in your like in your gumption is what is what sells and makes interesting art. But as I mean, if you're stepping in and you have a client, and your ego is bigger than your client's being happy, then you're not going to be in business for very long. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's a, that's the quickest way to alienate people. Um, and it, and it really is. I mean, like going back to what I learned from my mom all these years, like she literally ran her business out of, out of our house and, yeah. um, she knew what she loved in terms of, of visual, like the visual way a, a kitchen should be laid out or, or colors or whatever else. But she also knew that she had a client who was going to be living in that kitchen or that living room day mm. in and day out. And if they weren't happy, even if she thought it was beautiful, like if they weren't happy, then it was a total fail and she mm-hmm. wasn't going to get any word of mouth business from them. And she was going to have an unhappy client. And in that like pragmatism mixed with a sprinkling of, of your own infusion of art 
is what makes a photographer who's pushing into client work successful. I mean, if you need like if you if you can't put yourself aside, you need to find another way to like push your art out into the world. You should, hmm. I mean, they, they should obviously work hand in hand, but like go shoot your own work and get the, hmm. and scratch that itch that like the, about the stuff that gets you really excited and, and then go shoot for clients and really hear what they really hear what they need and want and, and realize the reason that they hired you was to shoot your style, but your style so that your work works for them. Yep. I, I love to hear it. Uh, that's what so many people need to hear. I feel like so many young artists and entrepreneurs uh, want to kind of step into the, the role of their new business or their new endeavor with the feeling of, of overcompensating and saying, I am the professional here and I am, you know, I, I need to take charge and don't, don't change my work. This is who I am. This is my voice. But it's like, that is that is so good to hear from you, and I think so many people will will appreciate hearing that perspective because every time I talk to a successful entrepreneur, it's that point, it's that piece of empathy and connecting with clients um, or customers so that so that they're happy. And in the meantime, like you can still express your art or whatever you're doing in the process, but it's like it that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the first thing you think about. That should Absolutely. be secondary to their mm. success and their fulfillment and what you're providing for them. Absolutely. Yep. I totally agree. Um, I was going to kind of pivot into talking. I, I touched on this a little bit, but I've, recently I've been leveraging existing things to market my own business. So, for example, um, YouTube talking heads in my kitchen. Uh my wife designed the whole kitchen and it's become like a reoccurring beautiful set on my YouTube channel or photos or whatever. Um, and I use the studio for all the vibey stuff. Um, and, um, using those things to, uh, grow new side hustles, like, you know, rally caps, this podcast and a new YouTube channel for finance. Um, I know that you do the same with a lot of your spaces. So could you talk a bit about like, the home you just sold, the home that you just moved into, the studio that you use, all those things, and how you leverage those spaces to kind of market yourself and what you do. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the um, the space in which you you live and you work and you shoot, it, it, at least for me, it it changes my comfort it changes changes my inspiration and it it can motivate me um but also i heard this this quote a long time ago in in an article in, in the wall street journal it was like uh, the off-duty section of the wall street journal is amazing i don't know if you guys ever have read it but they have I amazing artists <laughs> they have made they have amazing artists on there and i remember there was this one uh, I think she was uh, a clothing designer or something. And she said, um, one of my main goals has, has been making um, my art, my home and what I wear all speak the same language. And mm. I, and I, and that's inspired me ever since. And I think about it all the time is, 
I mean, what I wear, I, I look like an absolute '90s dad right now. But <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the maybe the wearing part is not in there. But but um, but 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 my art and or my my photography and what I put out into the world for for clients and for myself and my home, I do want those things to speak the same language and 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 both be beautiful and inspiring, um, and and. I mean, when I wake up in the morning and the light is streaming in, into into my house and and all of the furniture that we've painstakingly picked and labored over is is sitting in the places that we've chosen, I'm I'm proud of it. I'm so proud of it. We mm. we've painstakingly got there and I feel like that that all kind of flows into a success story that has to do with our business as well. I mean, when I post an Instagram story or, or, or a post in my home, I, I want it to be impressive because people are looking at that and saying, not only can this guy take good photos, but like the way he lives his lifestyle, he doesn't leave a stone unturned. Like you, you can't, you know, you like, like the whole having a messy desk and then having, having like a focused work section session. And how people like you, you, you can't get over the hump of, of doing good work because you're, I mean, it's so funny that I showed you guys right before we started this, that I was moving a, like a nursery things out of the way, out of the frame, but, um, dad life, but I, but I feel like people, especially people who are shooting interiors and architectural work, like if my house was lame, why would people trust me shooting theirs? If, if I didn't say, wow, like. I, I love the, the the texture that you have and the layers in this house because I understand like the way those interior design elements work. They can be mm. like, wow, I trust you to shoot this because you get it, because you mm. get it. Not because you're an interior designer, but because you actually enjoy this and care. Um, and I feel like that, I mean, that goes, I, I feel like that goes to weddings too. I feel like, uh, Eric, I, I would imagine I imagine people just inherently trust you more because you, I mean, you have a loving wife and kids and you love being with your, you love being with family and you love family. And people are like, okay, mm -hmm. I trust this guy to, to like take pictures of me and my family and my future mm -hmm. family. There's something there. Um, obviously that's a, that's a different comparison, but the, the interior and architectural stuff for sure. And, and it's also inspired us the opposite way where we've been in all these beautiful spaces and we're like, man, I want that for, for me and my family too. Yeah. I mean, when you step into a yeah. space that's really well designed, it, it, it changes the way you feel and the way you live. Speaking of family and uh, seeing as we're all dads here, you and Eric with your three kids apiece, very impressive guys. Well done. And uh, <laughs> me with my, um, <clears throat> my two cats. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely curious. John I'm curious didn't know you didn't have kids. <laughs> you just sorry, man. Uh, you should still hire Stephen for your wedding. Your wedding. He understands love with his cats. If you have cats as guests at your weddings, you could definitely trust Stephen. If you're I ever having a cat wedding, if you're ever having a cat wedding. <laughs> Shoot, if it's a blessing of your animal or a baptism, shoots, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Shoots. 
Shoot with Schultz. <laughs> shoot, with, shoot with the Schultz for the feline festivities. Wow. You're just giving you catchphrases for your business, man. I got to write all this down real quick. There's a mentor session. You guys can just pause. <laughs> right <It's> now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. What were you I'm saying? I'm going somewhere with that. But I'm really, I, I liked shooting with Schultz so much that I'm really locked in on that now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so coming back to the, the family component of it, as your family has grown over the years and as you and Mora have had a family business together and worked on your own, you know, creative ventures and, and businesses together, how, how have things changed over the years as far as your, your, you know, work, I, I hate the term like work life balance, but like, has that progressed as your, your family has gotten bigger and have any of your priorities changed over, over the years? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I would say though that currently there is no balance. Um, we, we actually set out this year to, f- to find a balance because the reality mm-hmm. is that we're, we're with our kids all day taking turns or together and and then nighttime rolls around and that's when we sit on the couch side by side and, and work and edit. Um, and it's, it can be exhausting. Um, and we don't, we, neither of us feel like we're like when you're trying to do both things, when you're trying to parent and run a business, you don't do either of them well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so you really do need to, to carve out, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that can overlap and they, they have to overlap because you can't just, cut off like two very like important appendages of your life. Um, but, um, we, we need to get better, especially with the, the amount of work we have growing. Um, and especially a lot more happening during the week where we used to just shoot weddings. So we would, you know, find a babysitter on the weekends and then, um, you know, have, have the weekdays not off, but you know, very flexible. Mm -hmm. But, um, when we're going to shoots one or two days a week, um, you know, it can get exhausting trying to balance those things. So, I mean, we don't have it figured out. Um, we're, you know, we're burning the candle at both ends. Um, and we're just trying not to let things fall through the cracks. I mean, I, uh, you know, when we're on set and we're shooting, that's one thing I can be fully on and, and fully focused on what I'm doing. Um, but you know, when you have a, a one-year-old that needs you, <laughs> that's hungry or that needs to 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 sleep, like that takes priority. So, um, so yeah, priorities have shifted, um, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna always be a learning curve, and and we're always gonna be trying to figure out how to to figure those things out. I'm, I'm hoping next year with kids going to school and whatnot, that it's easier, but it's mm-hmm. never an easy thing being a parent and running your own business, especially out of your house. So if anybody tells you it is they're they're freaking lying to your face. <laughs> Eric, Eric can back me up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even a follow-up question to that is like, do you, do you have hope for the future and that things will slow down or do you want to create some more passive streams of revenue or do you have any dreams or hopes of what that could be in the future? Mm. Um, so that you're working less and 
able to just spend more time with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been very interested lately in some of these uh, commercial jobs trying to create a retainer model because we have clients that are coming back to us, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten times a year. Yeah. And instead of just, you know, whenever they need work saying, hey, when are you free? Ha having those things locked in and be like, hey, let's let's create a schedule. Let's create mm -hmm. um, a retainer model where you're paying a certain amount and you get that work guaranteed. Um, and then and then going back to like the way weddings were like I knew that I had a certain amount of money coming in for the next year or, or even the next six months. Um, so like getting back to that kind of model is very intriguing to me, but also a big barrier because it's, it's hard to find clients that are willing to do that. Um, also, I got this fancy microphone because Eric convinced <laughs> me to uh, join Patreon. <laughs> which I haven't done yet, but I am going to. Yep. Um, and I'm going to start putting up videos about how I, how I shoot interiors, how I composite images and still make them look natural. Um, I was thinking about giving out my preset if you join. You think it's a good idea, Eric? I don't it's know. It's a great idea. Eric. Um, Sign me up. I'm ready. <laughs> um, you got your first two patrons right here. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, because, I mean, really, though, like, I've been doing this for a long time. And so a lot of it comes naturally to me. But when I start thinking about it, I'm like, man, there's so many things that I could teach people um, that like, say, if you shoot weddings and you have all the gear, like you can be doing, you can be doing this level of work. You can be doing this high quality work um, with, you know, all you have to do is, is buy a good tripod and you're off to the races. So mm. I was already thinking other things for your Patreon today um, as we were kind of discussing it more. Should I get a pen and paper? <laughs> <laughs> Let's write it down, baby. You, I don't want you to ever sell yourself short in a scenario like that because your scope of people that would be willing to pay monthly for what you have to teach is far more than just creative people and photographers like you could be you could have designers in there you could have planners in there you could have all sorts of people who just want to take good interior photos for their social media and people would be willing to pay five ten bucks a month to have access to that stuff even your lifestyle stuff how we styled our living room and my outfits and Mora's outfits and you don't think it has to be more pointed than that no, I mean, like, I think so many people are willing to have, like, of course it could be off the backbone of, like, that's maybe how you start it and you pitch it, that it's interior photography and editing and shooting and all that stuff. But as you get that core group of people, you can start expanding more because a lot there's going to be a lot of intersection in those people who are very interested in those other topics as well. And because you've proven a point that you're, will, you're uh, worth watching and learning from, they're going to stay because what you what you teach on the other topics are going to be just as valuable and even maybe even more valuable to them. And then you can expand the crowd as well. That's interesting. Man, Eric, I I mean, I I feel like I always feel bad because I just call you off. I'm like, tell me how to do it, man. No. <laughs> tell me about Patreon. <laughs> what, what was that microphone you told me to get? <laughs> and you're always, you're always no. so generous with your knowledge. I mean, the stuff that you've really painstakingly learned yourself and you're just so generous about it. And I'm, I hope, uh, I hope I can repay 
<laughs> the amount of stuff that you've you've just the the knowledge nuggets you've given me over the years freely. So thank you. It goes both ways, man. It goes both ways. And I appreciate you saying that, but it's also true that so many people did that for me as well. Um, whether it's Mike in the studio or Steven with audio or, you know, anybody in the wedding industry or Daniel and Rachel at Mango Street for YouTube, Benj for wedding photography. Like there's all sorts of people that have done the same exact thing for me, whether it's a text, phone call or FaceTime or whatever. Um, Dude, so I thought you invented a- YouTube. Yeah, right. Sure. He's just the dad of YouTube. That's all. (laughs) And you own Sure Microphones. Yeah, no. (laughs) I wish. Speaking of, this episode is sponsored by Sure. (laughs) Sure isn't. Oh, whoa. Can't drop dad bombs on us like that. Shoot, man. Shoot. Um, Okay. Well, I'm just going to start a Patreon all about my the way I dress. So that's what's going to happen. There in my, cool. in my um, beard trimming routine. <laughs> Dude, that stash. Or lack thereof. You guys need to be, you need to be watching thereof. on YouTube. If you are listening to audio, you got to go check out this YouTube <laughs> just to see the stash it's that this beautiful. man has on his face. Beautiful. It is a gorgeous thing. It's. Uh, um, I feel like you should put a, a warning label on that video. Watch out. It's just going to be the thumbnail. We're just going to zoom right in under it's your nose. Just starting, just it's just starting to crawl over Ooh, the over lip the and lip. into the yeah and into the mouth like you drink it's a disgusting. you drink a cappuccino and it's oh, just nice. like yeah. a nice room of foam right yeah. there you've un- you've unlocked the soup strainer that's very good <laughs> ah it's a filter it's a filter <laughs> yes of course okay i d- i do have one really fun question uh before we close out uh about 2 years ago you woke up with about 15,000 new followers on Instagram because someone gave you a shout out on a YouTube video. So do you mind just kind of explaining what happened? Dude, it um, it was like every time I refreshed my Instagram, I had 500 more followers for days, oh for days. <laughs> um, and I got flooded with DMs and it was everybody like Peter, Peter McKinnon sent me here. And I'm like, uh, who's Peter McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did, I did a, a Peter McKinnon deep dive. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this dude is amazing. And his following <laughs> is the most loyal following I've ever seen in my entire life that mm-hmm. they would go because Peter McKinnon said I, he followed me on Instagram. This many thousands of people would actually transfer to a different platform and go and follow me. And I was just like, it, it's just amazing. That dude is is electric. He, he, I mean, he's yep. like so magnetic in the way he speaks, and um, and I, I mean, now I get it, and and I feel like you you telling me more about YouTube and how YouTube, how powerful YouTube can be, um, kind of made me realize that more. But I'm like, man, this is what a what a wild ride. <laughs> it's yeah, it was yeah, it's cool. And- I remember that morning we were we watched the video at the studio, and I think Gene in the studio was just like, "Do you hear? Do you hear Peter shouted out John?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I watched the video, and I was like, "Holy crap!" He it, the video was titled like "My Five Favorite Instagram Accounts to Follow," and you were one of them. I'm like, "I, fr- I know him," and I text you. I'm like, "Yo, that Peter McKinnon shout out though," and all you said was, "Dog, dog," <laughs> like period. <laughs> Dude. I was like, that, 
That's got to be nuts. What's crazy is literally everything I post on Instagram, I've shot on my phone. Um, Which we never covered in this episode. That's insane. Yeah, if you go look at it, John's Instagram, it's all on his phone. And I, I mean, it's not because I, I've thought about switching over because I have so many photos that I absolutely love. But I, it's just like there's some sort of barrier in my mind where I'm like, Instagram is on my phone. I shoot the photos on my phone and I post it on Instagram. And for some reason, I just like literally can't make the switch to shooting, like posting DSLR photos for some reason. Um, But here's this dude like ripping on a 1DX with every single like gadget imaginable. And he says he likes (laughs) following me on Instagram and I shot it on like an iPhone 3S or whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Like, all right, all right, man. I mean, gear doesn't I'm, matter. I'm honored. I'm honored, but are you you might want to just like do a recount on your top five there, buddy. <laughs> 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 but but thank you. <laughs> I, I would love I would love to meet the dude. He, I mean, I'm sure he's fun to hang with for sure. Peter, if you're hearing this, let's make it happen. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll, Come on I'll, now. I'll go to Canada. Come on. Let's go. Get some maple syrup, eh? Yeah. Oh, now he's not going to want to. No, dang it. Okay, I retract my. You freaking ruined it, man. (laughs) We seemed cool until you said the maple syrup thing. Well, John, thank you so, so much for hanging out with us for this episode. It's so kind and so generous of you to to give us your time. And we just want to close by turning that back around on you. Where can everyone find your work and follow along with what you do? Yeah, you can you can follow uh, me um, at John Stofer on Instagram. You can see um, uh, my wife and I's interior work at Stofer Photography Interiors at at Stofer Photography Interiors. Um, that's all uh, DSLR high res stuff. And um, if you want to see some of our wedding work, it's Stofer Photography Weddings. And um, I don't have any of our commercial work online, but DM me and I'll send it to you or something. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe this will be, this will be the pressure for you to get the Patreon up and running before this episode drops. So yeah, yeah. It'll be linked in the show notes. There we go. Yeah. There you go. Heck yeah. Let's do it. And if not, you can just uh, mail envelopes of cash to John and you can just trust (laughs) that that he'll sign you up for it. (laughs) Dude, uh, I mean, we'll we'll see when we all hit an end record and all of the footage I send you is absolutely awful. You'd be like, maybe just not do Patreon. It's too it's too hard for you, man. It's too hard for you. As soon as you you know, you can do a still, you can do a still photograph, but as soon as you try to do video and audio, you're out of your league, man. (laughs) So let's hope that's not the reality. (laughs) It's definitely not. I do have this fancy Sure microphone, trademark TM, sponsored by Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll, man. Dude, Thank it, you it was so an, much. Uh, it, was, it was an honor talking to you guys. Um, I appreciate I appreciate your, your thoughtful questions, and I hope this was helpful for people. It will be, for sure. Cool. Thanks so much, John. Yeah, appreciate yeah. you, man. Good night. Later, buddy. Later. Later.